back on the crew. Chris Akonis, Dylan McCoy, pressing the buttons in FM, and Mike Nichols joining us. We were talking Rutgers football on the other side of this break, and now we're going to switch over to the pros. It's time for our weekly pick segment. First, um, you know, Mike Nichols was not on the show last week, so we don't have his picks to go over, but uh, Dylan made his picks, I made my picks, and Troy made his picks. So, Dylan, before we get into this week's selections, uh, you want to run through uh, how everyone did last week? Uh, I I would like to do that. So, All right. Um, uh, I know for the – sorry. <laughs> it's on an Excel sheet or like a Google spread. What I know is I know Troy, he did okay. He actually did the worst out of the three of us. He got half of them right, went seven for 14. Uh, Chris, you won nine out of the 14 games, and I was 11 for 14 with my three games all being heartbreakers. The Giants lost in the last minute, the Falcons lost in the last second, and Seattle did. I can't even describe what Seattle did, but they somehow found a way to lose that game. So I was the overall week. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. We also had our guest picker last week, which was a quarter. Provided by Troy DiSavino. Um, and the quarter went six for 14. So, Chris, we have proven that we can actually pick these games better than a quarter, which is, I don't know if you were expecting that at the beginning of uh, when Troy brought in the quarter, but yes, uh, we have been doing better than that. But it is time now to uh, pick week eight. So, uh, the. First matchup is going to be Vikings-Packers. Uh, Chris, I'm going to go to you first. Who do you got and why? You don't bet against Aaron Rodgers at any time, let alone prime time. I'm going with Green Bay. Mikey, what are you thinking for this game? Never bet against Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that's a bad man. He's a bad man, and I'm going to have to agree with you guys. We're going to have to go with the trifecta Green Bay over the Minnesota Vikings. The next game we have... Tennessee Titans versus Joey Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Chris, who you got in this one? Um, listen, I think Joe Burrow's played very, very well for a rookie. I think he's due to get a win. Uh, I'm going to go to uh, Cincinnati here. Ah, uh, Chris, you stole my steam. I am also going to take the Cincinnati Bengals. I love Joe Burrow. Uh, and I think the Cincinnati Bengals are just going to get better as they put a better team around him. Boomer would be proud, Mike. He I, would be. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say I hate the picks, guys, but uh, I'm not picking against Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill, who's having an MVP caliber season. So I am going to have to take Tennessee on this one, but honestly, my heart is kind of hoping you guys are right. So the next matchup we have is Chris's favorite matchup of the week. We're going to have the New York Jets against the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> Chris, uh, will they cover? No. And why won't they They will cover? not cover. What is the spread in that game? I saw it on Facebook. It doesn't matter. The answer is still no. Was it 19 and a half? Uh, actually, let me pull it up. I got the ESPN app right here. Um, I know they covered last week, Chris. It is 19 and a half. You are correct. I mean, okay, but this is the Chiefs we're talking about. This isn't Josh Allen, who's basically a running back. This is Patrick Mahomes. And I have no faith in this team to do anything right. Dabble Logans is going to be calling the plays offensively for uh, Gang Green. So maybe they'll score a touchdown with Denzel Mims, but... This is going to be a clown fiesta beginning to end um, Kansas City by a gazillion. 
Yeah, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win. I was happy that the Jets were able to at least cover last week. Also happy Denzel Mims looked pretty good in his uh, debut. But Patrick Mahomes is clearly the best quarterback in the league. Kansas City Chiefs are going to win by at least 100. And I personally think the Jets played their best game of football last week, covering eight points against the Bills. So uh, I am going to take KC probably by about four touchdowns. The next game we have is going to be the Indianapolis Colts against the Detroit Lions coming off a last-second W. Uh, Chris, who you got in this matchup and why? Uh, hang on a sec. Let me uh, get it up here. Uh, I want to take a look at the numbers. Big numbers guy. Yeah, I'm. I'm took uh, calculus a bunch I, of times. Took calculus a bunch of times, and yet I still know more about analytics than Kevin Cash. So. <laughs> I believe oh. it. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. Listen, um, call me crazy here, but I'm actually leaning towards uh, going with the Lions. Um, uh, Philip Rivers, you know, ton of respect for the guy. I don't think he's having the greatest year in Indy. Um, Matthew Stafford, on the other hand, looked pretty good, and it looks like they got a little bit of a running game going too. Uh, with Adrian Peterson, who is, I'm kind of amazed he's still in the league. Uh, so I'm going to go with Detroit here. Yeah, I'm actually going to agree with you, Chris. I'm going to go with Detroit Lions. I love uh, Matthew Stafford. Uh, Kenny Galladay is a great receiving weapon. And Philip Rivers is just not throwing balls how he's throwing babies around in his house. So, um, yeah, you know, he doesn't look the same this year. I am going with the Detroit Lions. Uh, this is going to be a big week for either me or you guys. I'm going to disagree with you again. I'm going to go with Indianapolis. I think their defense is awesome. Uh, I don't really see the Lions putting up a lot of points on them. And I think Indy has enough talent on offense where they can score enough to win this game. I think it's definitely going to be a close game, but I like uh, Indianapolis over Detroit. Now, the next game we got arguably the matchup of the week, an AFC North battle between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. Chris... Who you got in this pivotal AFC matchup? It is a tragedy that this is a one o'clock matchup on CBS because you know I'm going to be stuck with the Jets uh, being someone who's oh my broke. Goodness. Like it's it's stuck. We're stuck, Mike. We we can't get anything good. Um, oh this is the best matchup of the week in my opinion, and it's not a one o'clock. But uh, that being said, you know the P- Pittsburgh really impresses me. Like they really impress me. I know. All about Lamar Jackson and, you know, uh, not taking anything away from the Ravens. I think that uh, Pittsburgh is going to hold them defensively, and I think they're going to eke out a win. So I'm going with the Steelers. Chris, you you probably just ruined my day letting me know that that game is on at 1 o'clock. Um, yeah, I got big trust in Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. So I think that the Baltimore Ravens are going to get a W this week and uh, give the Steelers, I believe this will be, what, their second loss, right? It would be the Ravens' second loss, yes. No, no, the Steelers. No, Steelers are undefeated. They're six and zero. Oh, okay. They're going to be six and one after this week. Okay. Good trust for the Ravens. Oh, by the way, before uh, we go to Dylan's pick, um, you have a rare opportunity here. Uh, if you're a fellow degenerate, um, this is probably the only opportunity where you can get an undefeated NFL team at plus value. Steelers are at plus one seventy, according to ESPN. So, that's just idiotic. Wager accordingly. Like the uh, hockey just said, it's idiotic to have a team that's undefeated, uh, not as the favorites. And I think Pittsburgh is going to take this one. Their defense has been incredible. Big Ben looks like he's playing like it's 2004 and he weighs like 200 pounds still. 
It's amazing. Uh, yeah, I like the Steelers in this game. Uh, they're they're legit. Everything I thought they were gonna be, they've just been more. So, the next matchup we got is a little bit less exciting. We've got the L.A. Rams against the Miami Dolphins. Chris, what you got in this matchup? You know, this is another interesting one. You know, I think that the Rams are really starting to redeem themselves after they had a bit of a down year last year, uh, by their standards at least. Uh, but the big unknown in this game is Tua Tagovailoa, right? Um, we don't know, you know, how he's going to show up here. Uh, they've been rolling with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, this year up until this point, uh, up until last week, guys. Um, and I don't know how he's going to perform against that Rams defense. Um, I, I think that... This game might be closer than people think, but ultimately I'm going to go chalk and I'm going to go with the Rams. You know, I have to disagree with you, Dylan. This is a very exciting game, all because of who is playing quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to take two with Tagovailoa. And I really think that, you know, they were playing well under uh, Ryan Flixpatrick. I'll never call him by his actual name. Um, but I think that Ryan Flores made the switch to two with Tugabaloa because they give them the best chance to win. So I have the Miami Dolphins getting the W this weekend. I'm not going to lie. When I said it wasn't that exciting of a matchup, I honestly forgot that uh, Tua Tagovailoa was making his first start. Uh, I like him. You know, I'm a left-handed person. I love left-handed quarterbacks. You know, Mike Vick and Tim Tebow, all the rage. Uh, but, no, I think L.A., uh, they've lo they look good uh, on Monday. You know, that was a game – that I don't think a lot of people thought they were going to win, and they played pretty decently. And I think the D-line is going to be a little too much for uh, Tua to handle, so let me get the Rams in this game. Now, for the next game, we have two teams in the AFC East that you actually might want to watch because they're not the Jets. It is the Buffalo Bills against the New England Patriots. Chris, who's going to win this division? Who you got in this matchup? Well, you know, I'm kind of going back and forth here because on the one hand, New England is, did not look good at all against the Niners. Like, like, they were bad. And Cam Newton has struggled as of late. But that being said, Buffalo was in, in a bit of a, a, a much closer game with the New York Jets last week than they should have been. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm giving New England too much credit, but... I just have a feeling that Cam is going to bounce back and they're going to they're going to get a narrow win here. So I'm going to go with New England. I completely agree with you, Chris. I don't see Bill Belichick playing, uh, having his team play two awful games in a row. I see Cam Newton bouncing back. Uh, the the information about Stephon Gilmore possibly being on the trade block is a little concerning, but other than that, I still think the New England Patriots are going to get it done. I'm sorry. I don't think a team that couldn't put up a touchdown against the Broncos is going to do better against uh, the Bills. You know, I, I, I think the Bills uh, probably played their worst game of football all season last week, only beating the Jets by eight points. But um, I don't see Buffalo uh, playing down to their competition again. I like them to win this game. I, I think they're going to do it pretty handily, too. I think the Patriots are about to fall off this year. It's, it's not going to be pretty for them. All right, next we have the uh, Las Vegas Raiders and the Cleveland Browns. So, uh, Chris, who you got in this matchup? This is another tough one, right? Because, you know, Cleveland has looked mostly good, although, you know, they had that one game against Pittsburgh where they looked abysmal. But for the most part, they've looked pretty solid this year. Um, Raiders are kind of like a hit-or-miss team. Like, there are some weeks where they look like 
you know, a sleeper to contend in the AFC, you know, for a Super Bowl spot, spot. And, you know, there are other weeks where they look abysmal. So, ultimately, I'm leaning towards Cleveland. I'm going to go with the Browns, but I, I would, I'm keeping a very close eye on this one because I don't want to underestimate Vegas. You know, this game is really going to come down to which Baker Mayfield decides to show up, you know. Yep. Some some weeks he looks awful, and the other weeks he looks like a first overall pick. And I have to be a big fan of Baker Mayfield, so I'm leaning towards the Cleveland Browns this week. However, uh, I'm not sleeping on the Las Vegas Raiders. I think they're a very good team, very underrated team. I just think the Cleveland Browns are going to get the edge this Sunday. You guys said never bet against Aaron Rodgers. We'll never bet against Las Vegas. Can't ever bet against them. Well, I just think Cleveland coming out, you know, they, they barely beat a team. They should have beat pretty handily last week in, in uh, Cincinnati. They had to come back. Uh, Baker just lost his top weapon in Odell for the whole season. Prayers up. Get better soon, Odell. Um, but I just don't see Cleveland – losing their best receiver and coming out and playing a great game. And I really like Las Vegas. I like the way this team looks. So put me down for the Raiders. All right. That's going to get us through the 1 p.m. slate. Uh, first 405 game we've got is going to be the L.A. Chargers against the Denver Broncos. Chris, send it over to you. I'm going with the Chargers here. I think Herbert's looked electric. Uh, I think that uh, the Chargers are better than their win-loss record indicates. And you know, Denver just hasn't really impressed me this year. Uh, I know they got Drew Locke back, back but, like, I, I don't know. Like, um, I, I just don't see a path to victory for Denver, so I'm going with the Chargers. Listen, I love the way Justin Herbert has looked. Um, I can't believe that uh, quarterbacks that were written off in the draft, such as Justin Herbert, Look better than Sam Darnold, but hey, that's New York Jets for you. I have the Los Angeles Chargers getting the W this weekend. Uh, I think they have a very good team and also a very young team, so I, I like that with the exception of Keenan Allen. Yeah, I um definitely I remember last year when Justin Herbert was supposed to come out in the draft, and I wanted the Giants to draft him so badly, um, but he ended up not coming out, and this is why I wanted them to draft him. He's done a lot, you know. He's uh. He's putting up rookie stats that really not many other quarterbacks have put up before. Uh, he has 250-plus passing yards in his first five stats. No, starts, no one's ever done that before. So, yeah, I'm definitely liking L.A. This offense is looking good. You know, their defense, they got Bosa. Um, yeah, I, I like L.A. in this game. All right, uh, 425, we've got the New Orleans Saints against the Chicago Bears. An interesting NFC matchup. Uh, I'll send it over to you, Chris. Yeah, um, I, personally, I have a hard time betting against the uh, Saints here. Uh, Bears, 5-2. and two. I, I think, look, after hearing what Nick Foles said about um, Matt Nagy calling plays that he knows aren't going to work, if I'm remembering that quote correctly, like that was appalling to me, and now I realize that the issue isn't Nick Foles. Um, the issue is uh, the Chicago Bears are mismanaged and miscoached. And unfortunately, I think they're more talented than people give them credit for. But I'm going to go with the veteran. I'm going to go with the better coach. I'm going to go with the uh, more experienced quarterback and better quarterback. Uh, give me the Saints here. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris. I think Drew Brees and the Saints are definitely going to get the win. Um, 
The Chicago Bears may be the worst 5-2 and two team I've ever seen. And that's saying it lightly. Yeah, that's been a uh, that's been a proper phrase on this sh- on the show the past few weeks. The Bears are the best, whatever record team I've ever seen because they really don't look like a, the the makeup of that team is not a five and two team. They look like they should be like a three and four, two and five team. But you know they've played well this year. They've mainly done on their defense and their running game. But you know I just don't think you pick against Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara. I just think the Saints have too many weapons, and uh, I like them to win this game. Then we have the NFC East, NFC West, excuse me, NFC West matchup, uh, mixing the best division with the worst division. But we have the uh, Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. So, Chris, who do you like in this NFC West matchup? Oh, give me the Seahawks all day, man. I think they should have won that game against Arizona. Uh, Russell Wilson has looked as good as he ever has. They're electric. They can score in bunches. I think they got a pretty solid defense, too. Uh, give me Seattle in this one. I, I think personally, um, they're they are one of, if not the best teams in the NFC. Yeah, and to add to that defense, they just added uh, Pro, Pro Bowler Carlos Dunlap. So they, that defense is only. Gonna I be completely forgot about that. You're right. And when Jamal Adams comes back from injury, I believe he's been out for like four straight weeks. That defense is just going to get even stronger. Um, yeah, I got the Seattle Seahawks. I think the only reason they lost to Arizona is because Seattle forgets how to play when it comes to overtime football for whatever reason. Yeah, I like Seattle in this game too. Uh, dealing with Jimmy Garoppolo is a lot different than dealing with Kyler Murray. I think they'll be able to keep him in the pocket better, um, and I think their secondary will do a reasonable job, not give up 37 points. But their offense is one of the best in the league, and I still think they're going to put up big points against this good Niners defense. So I'm definitely liking Seattle. So, because the week, the matchup of the week is Steelers-Ravens, but for some reason, in the Sunday primetime slot, we've got the Cowboys and the Eagles. Oh, my goodness. Now, I, I, I don't know who is the executive over at NBC that decided this, but I'm going to need to have a word with him. But until then, Chris, who do you have in this awful Sunday night matchup? This is probably the first maybe not the first, but it's one of several toilet bowls we'll get this season with playoff implications. Oh, man. I mean, Cowboys are their third-string quarterback. Like, they've got Ben DiNucci. Like, who is Ben DiNucci? James Madison University. James Madison University. FC, uh, this is a battle of FCS quarterbacks. DiNucci was at FCS. James Madison, and Carson Wentz was at North Dakota State. Great. Yeah, that's insane. And they're on Sunday Night Football. I mean, Carson Wentz actually deserves to start for a team, but that's another uh, matter entirely. Um, I think that alone uh, makes you want to go with Philly here, but you never really can tell with the uh, five-alarm tire fire that is the NFC East. So I'm going with Philly here. Yeah, I'm going with Carson Wentz also in the Philadelphia Eagles. Dylan, did I hear you disrespect Carson Wentz saying he barely deserves to be a starting quarterback? Oh, you heard that right. You, you heard that correctly. That that is. What uh, are you? What, no, 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 no. I, I don't know what football you're. Why do you think Daniel Jones is elite? Also, <laughs> no. But Carson, what what has Carson Wentz done since his near MVP season? I mean, Carson Wentz is taking a team that's god awful. Their best receiver is a guy named Tyler Fulgham, who um, I've never heard of before, and uh, he's probably going to win the NFC East with uh, with that awful team. Oh, and his offensive line is entirely backup besides the um, 
the guy that is always on the center there. He seems like a, a constant there, Jason Kelsey. Yeah, uh, I'm 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 a Giants fan. I have I might not even watch this game, even though it's Sunday night, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, I I'm not gonna bet on Dallas. They're down to their third string quarterback. They scored three points against Washington. They just got blown out by Washington. They are. They are in dire straits. So I'm going to predict the Eagles and the games in Philadelphia. So I'm going to predict one of the Cowboys gets hit with a foreign object from the fans. I don't know when and when, but I'm sure that's going to happen. All right. And then we have the Monday night matchup. We've got Tampa Bay against the New York football Giants. Chris, who do you got in this one? Oh, man. Uh, Tom Brady, one in six NFC East team. Oh, I got to think about this one. Um... Yeah, I'm going with uh, Tom Brady here. I think the Buccaneers are finally hitting their stride after getting a little bit of a rocky start. I'm going to go with uh, the Buccaneers. Yeah, this is a battle between uh, two um, elite quarterbacks that some people like to view Daniel Jones as. Uh, Tom Brady is actually elite, and Daniel Jones, for whatever reason, just fumbles. I think he would be fine if he didn't fumble. However, uh, I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Antonio Brown's not playing this game. Am I right? Uh, I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Okay, but either way, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to win this game, even without Chris Godwin. They still got Scotty Miller, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones. Oh, and Tom Brady. So, yeah, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to get an easier win in this one. If Daniel Jones could reach a top speed of 21 miles on every play, I'd pick the Giants, but... That's uh, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, this, this this Giants team is is not good, and Tampa Bay is good. They just beat uh, they just beat Green Bay. Um, they just they have a lot of good wins on their schedule. They got a lot of talent. Brady and Gronk are starting to throw at each other again, which is honestly terrifying. So I would love to take the Giants, but I I can't. I I gotta take Tampa Bay on this one. As much as I hate to do it, I gotta take Tampa Bay on this one. So let me let me get this right, Dylan. If uh, Daniel Jones could run 21 miles per hour every play and then break down mid-run, that'd be good. If he could break down on the five-yard line and then Wayne Gallman could score two plays later, that would uh, that would that, that would work. It wouldn't yeah, uh, it wouldn't be pretty, but it would work. Is there some fantasy football implications there for Wayne Gallman? Is that why he said that? N- no, he he just scored on that drive, like when Daniel Jones Daniel Jones ran faster than Lamar Jackson has in the past two years on that play. When he fell. That's actually that's that's a wild stat. It's a cool stat. That. It's something that like very cool. It's something that I can say to people and like they'll think I'm ridiculous. And it's like, no, like he would he for one second of like his life, he went faster than Lamar Jackson. Which is I, I, I'll never be able to say that, you know, un- unfortunately. I, I think that's that's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool stat. No, that's definitely very, very cool, very interesting stat. I did not know that. Yeah, the Giants, uh, I mean, other than – I feel bad for Daniel Jones. He has nothing to work with. His I feel tight, bad for Daniel Jones. I do feel bad for – You should watch the Jets. <laughs> Believe me, I, I have watched the Jets. I feel bad for everyone who's there except for Adam Gase. Oh, well, Adam Gase could uh, – I am i can't even say it on air. But uh, – <laughs> Sam Darnold is, I I feel the Jets have ruined Sam Darnold. He well, looked like a here's what I'm gonna say. Go ahead, go ahead, Mike. He looked he looked like coming out the draft. Everyone said, "Oh, this is the franchise quarterback." Da 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 da. In his first game against the Lions, 
he put up like godly numbers that were like, okay, Broadway Sam Darnold, I bought the Barstool t-shirt, every Jets fan did. Um, and now he just, he sees ghosts all over. It's like the sixth sense all over again. Yeah, here's here's look. I'm not I'm not gonna you know deny that the Jets have done a horrible job, a horrendous job of developing Sam Darnold. The reason why I take a little bit of exception with you saying that they ruined him is it implies that you know ruined means like he's done, like he can't succeed, and I don't think true. that's true. I think look, this is something that you know it seems to me. I go on Reddit, I go on the Jets uh, forums, I, I read all the opinions, I listen to the fan. It seems to me like Jets fans have almost completely moved on from Sam Darnold, and maybe the front office has too. I don't know. But uh, here's the opinion that I hear a lot, Mike, and may- maybe you're hearing the same thing, maybe you're not. Um, that kind of drives me nuts is I hear some uh, something to the effect of Sam can still be good, but it won't be here. And my response to that is, well, if you think he can be good under a new coaching staff and a new team around him, why not let Joe Douglas build that team around him in New York? Why blow your draft capital on Trevor Lawrence when if you think that Sam Darnold can still be the guy with the right coaching? Is I don't know. Do you see it the same way? I, I kind of feel like I kind of feel like Jet fans are too quick to move on, move on from him. I feel like the Jets should focus on building around him. I one hundred percent agree with you. Um, uh, I don't, you're, you're right. After, after saying it and what, what you said, I don't think ruined is the right word. I still think he can be successful. However, um, actually my, my younger brother who I watch every Jets game with start has started this phrase, uh, Trevor would never. So say when Sam Darnold makes, makes a mistake or he holds onto the ball too long. Oh, Trevor would never. Well, you know, I think Sam Darnold is a solid player. I think he can be a great player in this league. I, I don't think they should blow draft capital on Trevor Lawrence when they do have a guy like Sam Darnold uh, in the pocket. However, from a general management standpoint, not next year, but the year after, Sam Darnold will be up for a new contract. Am right. I wrong about that, Chris? No, you're right. So, okay. So, just from a general management payroll perspective, Sam is going to ask for nothing crazy, not like a Dak Prescott $35 million no. a year. Let's let's say he asks for something like something conservative, a, a 15 to 25 million, somewhere in, in that you know, $10 million range. Trevor Lawrence would be cheaper he for would. the same amount of time. So from a general management and payroll perspective, I can understand why Trevor Lawrence may be the pick. However, I am under the impression that I think Sam Darnold is a competent quarterback. I believe he can be a great quarterback. I'm under the impression that if they trade him to another team, he will become Drew Brees-esque, how right. he wasn't successful for the Chargers and was successful for the Saints. Yeah. I and- think they should, if they get the number one pick, they should trade it, get more draft assets, da 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 But, you know, who's to say... It's like either way, the Jets are set up to fail here. Like, do you, do you feel the same way? No, I, I don't they, feel the same way. Here's if they, pass, if they pass on Trevor, and Trevor turns out to be, and it's like, oh well, even if Sam Darnold turns out to be very good and not great, you're gonna be like, oh well, you have the chance to take him. Or if they take Trevor, 
and they trade Sam Darnold, and he becomes Drew Brees, no matter how good Trevor Lawrence becomes, it'll always be, well, you had this guy. I, so I feel like it's a catch twenty two. Either yeah. way, they're on the they're on the wrong side. Of the well, here here's here's what I'll say. And first off, I think that's a really good comparison, um, because look at it this way. They they moved on from Drew Brees because you know the Chargers didn't think his shoulder would get to the point where he'd be able to throw at a high level again, and and you know it didn't completely blow up in their face because Philip Rivers ended up being a very good quarterback. But I think almost any NFL fan in hindsight would say Philip Rivers at his best is nowhere near Drew Brees at his best. So taking that in consideration, yeah, it may seem to some fans like Trevor Lawrence might be is, is the better prospect than Sam Darnold and. Honestly, at this point, no one can really say one way or another how they're both going to shake out because they're both very young quarterbacks, including Sam. But look at look at it this way: um, if if you and, and I said this last week on crew, we got into a pretty long discussion about it. Uh, despite me being the only Jet fan on the show, we got into a pretty long discussion about it. And what we sort of agreed on is: look at this. You have the number one overall pick. The Jets are probably get the number one overall pick. Be it. Uh, whether they you know, decide to go Trevor Lawrence or not, they're going to probably be in that position to possibly take him. You could pick Trevor Lawrence and trade Sam Darnold, and you'd get you'd get like you know, a decent haul for Sam Darnold because he still has a lot of potential. He's not damaged goods. He's not well, irreversible. What, what do you think a decent haul is? Well, I think, you know, I don't think that a team would trade a first for him. Uh, no, I think I think I think maybe they get a third round pick. I think, well, I think it also partially depends on how he plays. Like, if he plays uh, solid football, like not spectacular because you can't get spectacular when Adam Gase is calling uh, uh, Frank Gore uh, wheel routes, but... Um, he just wonder. Oh, my God. And no, no disrespect to Frank Gore, but the man should not be getting 20 touches a game. But anyway... Um, he should have his gold jacket already. Yes, he should. And, and Michael P. Ryan looked pretty dynamic, but I'll, I'll get into that a little Very bit later. He, look, he looked good. But going back to the Trevor Lawrence thing, look, if you decide to build around Sam Darnold, you don't even have to, you know, pick Panay Sewell or Jamar Chase or whoever you would pick if you don't go at QB. If you trade that pick down, you can get an even bigger haul and then build, you know, like, yeah, you'll have to pay Sam Darnold more. And I, I get why people see that as a problem. But you'll have, in that point, you'd have uh, five first-round picks in the next three years and then a couple extra picks in the second and third rounds from you know, from the Jamal Adams trade and from other trades. So, yeah, you'll pay Sam Darnold more, but if he turns out to be the guy, guess what? You'll have a quarterback making a little bit more money, but you'll also have a ton of contributors that are key players on your team that aren't, that are on rookie deals. So you would save money in the net. That's that's number one. Number two, and this is something that I, I think that, you know, Jet fans don't fully realize. Say you're wrong about Sam Darnold. Say, you know, you get a couple studs in the draft. Uh, you build, like, a decent roster around him. And turns out two years from now, he doesn't really make progress under a, a better head coach, and he ends up just not being the guy. Okay, guess what? You may not have Trevor Lawrence, but you'll you'll probably be, unless, you know, Joe Douglas completely botches the draft. Which is possible. He is I, a Jets general manager. Well, no, but he he's a good general manager. Like, Jet fans, like, the one person they don't want to throw in the streets is Joe Douglas. A am I right about yeah. that, Mike? Yeah. No, 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 you're 100% right. I, and I have faith in Joe Douglas to get good value out of those picks. What do you think is the better situation to be in if you're um, in a rebuild? Good team with no quarterback or good quarterback with no team? I don't know. It's kind of it, – it could go either way. I feel like I'm a good outside perspective. 
because like I'm not a Jets fan. Um, if I were the Jets, though, I probably would take Trevor Lawrence just because I personally believe that I, I was never really high on Sam Darnold coming out of the draft. Like I, I didn't want the Giants to take him. Um, and I don't I, I think just this experience is honestly like hurting his like development. Like I think he's a he might be like a worse quarterback than like not when he got into the league, but he's not developing the way a young quarterback really should he's and not any better than when he came into the league. that's what okay okay uh, uh i'll agree with that but i just yeah with that i i think that it's not worth it to pass up on the best quarterback prospect since peyton manning you know this guy this is the guy who since his freshman year when he was in the national title game everyone knew he was going to be the number one pick this year it wasn't a question it wasn't anything he's got He's got the physicals. He's he can throw. He can you know he can run sometimes. Sunshine, <laughs> sunshine. I I love Trevor Lawrence. I'm I'm very high on him. Um, well, no, I am too. I'm not I'm not trashing Trevor Lawrence. I don't think he's no, a bust by any means. No. That's not my point here. It it definitely doesn't hurt though that he is playing on Clemson and they're by far the better team every week they play. Oh, um, easily in the ACC. Yeah, just put up seventy three on Georgia Tech. No big deal. Um, man, man hit the over by himself. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I don't see Darnold developing into like the guy you guys need him to be, like the franchise quarterback that can win like playoff games and you know be a clutch guy like that. But I do think Trevor Lawrence has the potential to be that guy, and I think it would be a little bit dangerous to to you know avoid the best player in the draft and have him possibly go somewhere else and and be a great, great quarterback. I understand that the Jets don't really have, like, a great team, but if you have a great quarterback, I mean, you can you can develop. I think O-linemen are easier to take, like, later in the draft and stuff. They they develop differently. No, I no mean, way. I think – I disagree. I, I don't know if it's easier to build – like I, you were asking before a great team with no quarterback or, or a great quarterback with no team, but I just think Trevor Lawrence is that type of player to where passing up on him would be dangerous. Like I, I, I don't think it's. I think they should take Trevor Lawrence with their first pick and try to see what they can get for Sam Darnold. To answer your question real quick, Chris, I think I would rather a good team without a quarterback. I agree. That way you can draft a quarterback into a good system. So are you on the uh, Archie Manning twenty twenty six? Is that what you're Here's, looking at? Okay, I, I mean, I, 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 I mean, that'd be pretty, pretty uh, interesting storyline uh, going full circle. Well, Pey- from Peyton Pey- Pey- Manning wouldn't come to the Jets in nineteen ninety. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, because Parcells couldn't guarantee that he was a number one overall pick. Which, I mean, who, who knew Bill Parcells of all people would uh, screw with our long term future like that? But, um, you, you know. Here's my perspective on the quarterback position. This is something that I think gets lost. People look at it, a lot of fans look at it simplistically that if you want to get a, a franchise quarterback, you have to have the number one overall pick or have like a top three, top five pick. But if you look at the guys that are lighting up the NFL right now, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, I know they're having a down year in Houston, but Deshaun Watson, um, what do all these guys have in common? And I can name like five or six other quarterbacks that are doing well. All those guys were taken outside of the top 10. 
Hell, Russell Wilson wasn't even taken in the first round. More often, most uh, if you look at if you take a list of, like the top fifteen quarterbacks, and I don't have that all up in front of me. A, uh, I would say a majority of them were picked outside of the number one or to number five spots. Here's the fact about tanking: if you are regularly picking in the top five, top ten, your talent evaluation is off. Your scouting is off. Like there's a reason why it's the same seven or eight teams that are usually in contention for the top picks every year. No. No, that's that's true. The Giants are getting there too. The Giants, the Jaguars. Before this year, you would say the Browns. Um, I mean, the Jets have been picking at number six. I feel like every year for the past five years, uh, with one exception. Um, you know, like it's. I would I would rather you know like because I trust Joe Douglas to value talent. That's part of it too. If anything, Joe Douglas could draft. I, maybe my line would be completely different. I'd say get Trevor Lawrence and get the next guy to clean up the mess. But because I trust Joe Douglas to make smart draft picks, and obviously he's not going to hit on all of them, because of that, I'm inclined to say, let's build the team. Let's fill all these gaping, massive, massive holes on our on our uh, roster, on our depth chart. And then guess what? Two years from now, guess what? Even if Sam Darnold isn't your guy, guess what? You'll still probably be a competitive team. I, I mean, look at the Jets in from like the – Late two thousands to like twenty thirteen ish. The Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. Uh, you could even you could even yes, but Mike, sir. you could even throw in Geno Smith's rookie year. His numbers were abysmal. Yes. It was twelve touchdowns, twenty one interceptions, and the Jets they were, were still eight and, eight. and they were eight and eight. They were like in. They didn't get eliminated from the playoffs until like week sixteen. They were in it. Rex Ryan had them playing. Like, well, that, they had they had good coach. Well, yeah, Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan could coach everything. Say like. Say what you want about Rex Ryan. Everything about the Jets has gotten worse since they gotten rid of him. Bowles was worse 100%. than Rex. And honestly, Bowles looks like Bowles looks like Parcells compared to Adam Gase, but you know, Adam Gase is, is a different kind of breed. He's built different uh, and not in a good way. A lot, of, a lot of coaches look like Bill Walsh compared to uh yeah. Gase. So. Yeah. I mean, he, the guy is literally the Chris Ash of the NFL. <sighs> Am that's I wrong? Tough. No, but that's tough. Like you don't see <laughs> twenty point spreads uh, unless it's either Chris Ash or it's Adam Gase coaching the team. I, 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 I'm not I arguing would, with would, you there. I, I would agree with you. He he's literally the Chris Ash of of the NFL. Like fifty two nothing. I'm gonna make that a poll has, question. There is so many uh, like the lost toys of Adam Gase, like getting rid of you know Kenyon Drake who. He, Let's get he's not that talented. Ryan Tannehill, uh Devontae Parker, all skilled, talented guys that just underperformed under Adam Gates. They were they were like the misfit toys in, in Adam Gates' world. Now you look at Chris Ash. Um there was a there was a quarterback um killing it. Uh Joe Flacco's younger brother, if I remember correctly, uh from New Jersey, uh wasn't even recruited by Rutgers, goes on to be a star. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just Adam Gase is awful. Any any insult to Adam Gase, I'm here for it. So so where is he? Where is he going to end up as the DC that allows like 45? I guess he'll be the DC of the Cowboys when he gets. Well, fired. he's an off he's an offensive guru first if, of all. If he's going to take so, the Chris Ash route though, because Chris Ash yeah. Chris Ash is letting up like 65 points a game now, DC and for Texas. Yeah, but like in the Big 12, that kind of thing is tolerated. Um, not if you're not winning. Yeah, well, I mean, 
Texas is going to Texas. But yeah, what was the last time they won? Vince Young. Yeah, literally Vince Young. Still like Keith Jackson doing uh, college football games back then. That's how long ago it was. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wild times. Sam Sam Ellinger, 2018. We're back. 2020. They're like two and two. Typical Texas. I, I mean, Joe Tess. Uh, Joe Tess tour uh, completely screwed them over in 2016 after the Notre Dame game, where he said Texas is back, folks, and then they went like uh, five and seven or whatever it was. That Notre Dame team was terrible. And this no, I know, no, 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 no. I this know, is coming I know. from a guy who has I know you're a Notre Dame every fan. Every Notre Dame game since like 2009. That Notre Dame team was awful. No, I'm not. I'm not. It wasn't like a shot at Notre Dame, but like no, I know. I'm just saying everyone was all at like oh Texas. I'm agreeing with you. Texas everyone is back. Over, they do this every year. They do it to Notre Dame every year though too. The college media just has a problem where if like their blue bloods go four or five and zero, oh, like they'll just get gassed to to no end. They will be. They don't have like past successes to like like if you rank Ohio State number two in the country, it's like, well, last year they did this and they have this many players coming back. And then when it's like Notre Dame's five and oh, it's like, well, they finished like eight and four last year, but like maybe they'll be good. I don't know. I just see seeing Notre Dame high in the polls every year and then seeing them lose when they play good teams, just it always scares me. Especially this year when we have Clemson and our boy Trevor Lawrence in two weeks. Well, you know Notre Dame is always inflated, especially when oh I know a quarterback like Deshaun Kaiser was considered like a franchise savior when he got drafted to the Browns. Yep, from franchise savior to zero and sixteen. Amazing, amazing career arc. Still back up in the NFL though, so better than I've ever done. Yeah. So, do you guys think that um, the Jets are like with their roster moves and stuff are actively like? tanking or do you think it's more so no. a case of the players just not wanting to be there because i think it's pretty obvious that like under adam gase even in miami teams the motivation level just drops a thousandfold yeah uh i i don't believe any professional football team i don't believe the players of any professional sports team period will ever purposely tank intentionally tank however the uh the charisma the ego of the team has definitely gone down since adam gase is there just like it did in miami and another misfit toy of the adam gase era in miami jarvis landry gee he's pretty freaking good no he is he would i mean he was he was gonna miami though he was a hundred catch a year guy you know he was the number one in that offense um but obviously you know, Gase clearly has some some personality trait that does not want good player that does not let good players want to play for him. It's the eyes. <laughs> I believe it. Uh, it's something because it's bad. Like that Miami team. Not that they should have like won like playoff games and gone far, but like if you look at the talent of that team, they were better than they, they played. Were, yeah, they had. Well, they had an All Pro safety. They had Minka. They had. Uh, Tannehill, the, they have Devontae Parker, Jarvis Landry. That team should have been... They had Jay Ajayi and Kenyon Drake in the backfield. That's a pretty good backfield. I didn't even I didn't even realize... I knew they had Jay Ajayi. I didn't even realize Kenyon Drake was back there. Um, But I don't know. It's just weird because like new coaches usually are supposed to like bring life into a team. Like When you watch the Giants and like they don't win, obviously, 
but they're playing for Joe Judge. Like, they play for him. They care about him. They want to win for him. And I, I just feel like, like, with the Jets, like, obviously, like, they want to win, but it's not like it's not like they're going to stick their necks out for their coach. Like, I think, I think the Giants would, you know, defend Joe Judge. You know, he's, he's trying, and I think the players see that. But it just looks like for the Jets, everyone just kind of wants him gone, and they're just waiting to see, like, when is that going to happen. It, they're playing a waiting game this year, which is kind of – it's hard to do. It's hard to win like that. To uh, just put it in perspective real quick of what you just said, a player playing for their coach in a season where they're in the hot seat. I know Chris remembers. Remember when Rex Ryan was in the hot seat and the team was told after week 16 that Rex is staying, how happy the guys were in the locker room. It was week week 17. It was the end of the season. Yes, yes. Yeah, I remember that. No, no, I remember that. Sheldon Richardson, Mohamed Wilkerson. I remember that. They're jumping around hugging their coach. Yeah. Imagine Joe Douglas comes into the locker room and goes, Adam Gase is saying. <laughs> I might think, be a full-fledged I think, riot. I think one of the players will be like, hey, Joe, go bleep yourself. Like, mm. legitimately. It's, um... It'd be even I, funnier I if think... they had, uh, if they had, like, Joe Benigno in there to, like, uh, to, like, broadcast oh it live God. on the radio. Oh, my God. <laughs> bro, bro, bro. Are you, are you kidding me, bro? <laughs> I mean, awful, he's retiring bro. in Florida now. He'll, he'll be able to go down there in week 17 when they when the Jets play there. But, uh, oh, man. Uh, I don't know if that guy's hips or his heart can take it anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean. Uh, I'm happy for Joe Benigno, though. So oh, yeah, me too. I was listening to Joe and Evan uh, on the drive down here. Um, man. Those guys happy, have been together for years. For, happy for Joe Beningo and happy that my man Craigie is coming back. Yeah, that's going to be interesting because, uh, full disclosure, um, like I obviously I know I know who Craig Carton is, but I didn't really listen to talk radio that that much. Like I wasn't a big oh, fan guy when goodness. I when Craig Carton was there. I wasn't. Uh, Chris, I have to tell you, he is the most entertaining sports host there is. Now, it's oh, either yeah. you hate him or you love him. And right. obviously, I love him. He's done many great things for me. He's the one that started the charity hockey game with Boomer. Right. I mean, I I I, uh, uh, I, I like Carlton. You know, he's he's cool. Or Carton. Uh, he's cool, you know. Maybe he'll pay his taxes, you know, stay on the air. That would, that would be awesome. You know, Boomer and Carlton. Uh, here's, here's the interesting <laughs> thing about uh, Craig Carton, though. I'm interested to see how he matches up chemistry-wise with uh, Evan Roberts. Right, Mike? Oh, uh, I, I think we lost I think, Mike. Yeah, I think we're having some technical difficulties. All right, with Mike, uh, we'll but... try to get him back on. But um, Dylan, oh, while we wait for Mike to try and reconnect, um, right? Am I? Am I? Is that a fair question for me to ask? Because. Um, no, definitely. Because because think about it, I, I've only listened really. Like, I mean, obviously, like you know, sometimes people will fill in and stuff, but I've only really listened to Evan Roberts with Joe Beningo and Craig Carton is like a take charge kind of guy. He's not like you know someone that plays off of the main host. Like he is when he's on your show, it's his show, and you're along for the ride. No, I get that. the The problem the problem with asking me this question is I am a big ESPN radio right. guy. Right. I, 
honestly, Mike Francesa turned me off to the fan. I only listen to the fan when they do when Bob Papa is doing Giants broadcast. Do you like it. Bob Papa? I love Bob Papa. I mean, but I think look, have you listened to a Jets game on the radio? Uh, I can't say I have. Listen to Bob when she was in. Uh, what, what, even if it's like for fifteen minutes because I know the Jets are the Jets. And you don't want to spend too much time on them. But no, no, Bob no. was using, and I'm not disrespecting Bob Papa. Bob was using blows Bob Papa out of the water. Like he is that good. Like I would argue he's the best radio football play by play guy. Oh, that's that's uh, I, I think 29 other fan bases would have something to say about that. I, I am I. Do you think what that's about, what about what about who? Kevin Harlan is. Um, we're losing Kevin you a little Harlan. bit there, Mike. Um, yeah. Harlan is, I, I love Kevin Harlan. I think he's a better TV guy than a radio guy. I'm just talking strictly radio. I know he does, you know, Super Bowl and Westwood one and all that, but I think that he's a better TV guy than a radio guy. That that's the way I he, see it. He's a, he's a really good basketball guy. Too, oh, he's, though, he Harlan. is the, the voice. Oh of 2K. my God. The voice of 2K. If that man doesn't get to call an NBA yep. finals before he retires, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like. Mike Breen is well, the Mike, best. Mike though. Mike Breen is. Oh, Mike Breen's yeah. great. No, I'm not. I'm not disrespecting Mike Breen either. But I'm not oh, even a Knicks fan. Mike Breen is the best. Yeah, he's great. Ian Eagle's awesome, but no, no. You know, I. You know, uh, Ian Eagle. Ian Eagle is great. Oh, he's great. Um, I, I love him too, but Mike Breen is like the NBA guy. No, my Mike Breen is, is the is the bar for for NBA TV play by play guy. Mike Breen set the bar. Right. Um, going back to, I, I know we disconnected with you for a second. Um, my question to Dylan was, I don't know if uh, you had to like reconnect or whatever, Mike. Um, Craig Carton, like I said, very take charge kind of guy. How do you think he's going to pair up uh, chemistry-wise with Evan Roberts? Do you think like they'll hit it off right off the bat, or you think it'll take some time for them to fill each other out? I am a little worried, to be honest with you. I think Craig Carton is a incredibly talented guy, and I think Evan Roberts is an incredibly talented guy. Right. I don't know if their two styles will will mesh up. You know, I don't know if they'll mesh. Right. Um. But I know they're two professionals, and I don't think it's going to be great right off the bat. But I do think, given given time, I think that they're going to be good. And it's also very interesting to note that. I think Craig Carton will be a different person on air now than he was before. Really? How because, so? Well, my reason being is when he was on air before, he was not that he would talk about gambling a lot, but he would talk about gambling and he would talk about sports gambling. Um, he was kind of, well, before he was on radio, he was a sports gambling handicap. Right. So, he is a he's a good sports gambler, obviously not that good at blackjack. Um, <laughs> I still have to watch that documentary, by the way. Great I, documentary, Chris. Oh, I believe uh, it. Must recommend. But um, yeah, so he's gonna be a little different because I know he he's not gonna promote gambling ads. Like I know he said that on the Michael K interview before he went to prison. So I, I I'm curious to see how he is on air with in regards to speaking about sports gambling, which is very prevalent in the world today. And I'm very curious because Craig was a guy who would he would get after you. If you made a mistake, if you were a professional athlete, he would get on you. And I'm curious to see if he is still that in your face kind of guy. Yeah. I'm I mean, I think I, I think he'll be in your face, but I, I just don't know. I, I think 
look, I think they'll, I think it'll be great. Don't get me wrong. Like, um, I, I'm, I'm interested to actually listen to him on a more regular basis, sort of go back and forth between him and Michael Kay. It's just because the reason why I ask is because Evan Roberts, especially towards the latter part of their uh, time together, Evan Roberts was leading the show with Joe Benigno being sort of the sit back and react kind of guy. So now well, I'm telling you right now, Craig Carton will be in the power chair. Oh, I, I believe it. I 100 percent believe it. The power chair. I'm a big, uh, I'm a big, when my drive home, I'm a big Michael K. No, Michael K is great. Michael K is obviously being a Yankees fan. Michael K is, is the best. Well, um, Michael K has not had much competition with Michael, with Mike Francesa be coming back to WFAN. I, I don't know like Francesa. Like no, every, no. every time I talk to like my dad, obviously, I think he's, he's more of their generations, like radio, like New York sports radio guy, but he's just like, I don't know. Like I've seen him like fall asleep on air. I've seen him. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I mean, like, you know, their ratings are awful when he's not there. So he can clearly do what he wants, but I don't know. He can I, do what he wants because he has such a cult fan base. Oh, the old, the older people like in the New York sports area love him for some reason. He he's like a guy. Okay. I just I just want to sleep and drink my diet coke. Okay. <laughs> um but yeah you know i think that i think that the fan will be will be good with uh with carton coming back you know hopefully he can stay there just, just don't please don't get in any more trouble <laughs> please yeah uh i really i really hope so listen um like i said he's been good to me so i've always been in this corner uh still in this corner um yeah i i would the work I would never wish someone to, you know, mess up again or make more mistakes in their life. Yeah, and I'll I'll say this about it. Um, I've always been a believer in second chances. Uh, the impression I get from, you know, hearing uh, from Craig Carton, like, you know, hearing him, like, talking the media and stuff is I feel like he's genuinely sorry for what he did. And as long as he shows remorse and he's, like, you know, commits to improving, like, I think he should get a second chance. I'm not a believer that, you know, once you do something stupid, make a mistake, that should be it. And, like, no one should ever hear from you again. So I'm glad that yeah. he's getting a second chance at WFN. I'm sure he'll do a great job. And as a sports radio guy, I, th I think it'll be interesting to see how he does with uh, Evan Roberts. Um, so that, that'll be interesting to see.